Well, we're going to take uh, a few minutes uh, this evening uh, just for a bit to think about some of the words that we already uh, heard from our readers up front here earlier from Luke uh, chapter two. And just uh, just meditate on them, ask God to work in our hearts through his word and through the reality of of what this Christmas season can mean uh, for us. And in particular, I want to think about the verses 10 through 14 that were read a minute ago. I'll, I'll read them again for us so they can be fresh on our mind from the book of Luke. Again, chapter two, you don't need to turn there in a the Bible, but if you want to grab one of the pews, that's fine. Uh, beginning in verse uh, 10. It's this moment when the angel is appearing to these uh, shepherds, perhaps a familiar story for us at some level. But but let's listen afresh to the to the words that are said here and see how the Lord might minister to us through them tonight. It says, and the angel said to them, to the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Of a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Pray with me again. Oh, gracious Lord, we thank you for this word. As we've already said, we thank you for this time together tonight. We thank you for friends, for family. Uh, for good gifts that many of us are going to enjoy tomorrow, maybe already enjoying the blessings that you bring to us materially. But, Lord, we know that all of those blessings are ultimately downstream. They come to us as an extension of the greatest blessing that you have brought into our world and into our lives. The Lord Jesus Christ Come fully God, fully man, so that he might be a a righteous one and live a righteous life that we cannot. That he might offer himself up as a substitute for us because he's he's like us. And Lord, that uh, in all of this, we would see you, we would know you, we'd be able to draw close to you through faith and through repentance. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, the Chronicle of Narnia stories continue to be popular with the movies that have come out in the recent years. The uh, last book in the series is called The Last Battle. And I was thinking about it as I thought about our passage tonight and about uh, Christmas. There's uh, several characters in it, a number of characters, but I'll mention uh, just a couple. One is Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion is the last king of the realm of Narnia, if you're familiar with the stories at all. And uh, he he is leading the fight against the enemies of Narnia and their sort of false imposter 
Aslan king. The true king is Aslan, the Christ figure, but they have a false one. And and then he has an opportunity to intersect with a Lord Degori. And Lord Degori is an interesting character because he has actually been in this realm of Narnia since it began and is there even thousands of years later when this last battle time is taking place. Well, interestingly, and I'm sure intentionally on the part of C.S. Lewis, uh, there's a moment where these two characters, Tyrion and Degori, center around the theme of a stable. And they say these interesting words. It seems then, said Tyrion, smiling to himself, that the stable seen from within and the stable seen from without are actually two different places. Yes, said Lord Degori, its inside is bigger than its outside. And then chimes in a character that we will probably recognize from the stories and the recent movies, Queen Lucy, who's in the stories come from our world, this human world. And she says to the two of them in our world too, a stable once had something inside it that was bigger than our whole world. The message of Christmas really communicates that same truth to us tonight. That through the, the incarnation of Christ, what we call the incarnation, his, his coming as the Son of God and taking on human form, coming fully as a man and as fully as God, that we find in Him something bigger than what we might just see on the surface And the Bible even goes a step further to point us to a way that we can respond. We see the angels doing it here. We see Mary and Joseph later in this chapter, and it just invites us to glorify God. Well, glorifying God is just this idea that we would live our life for him, recognize his love and mercy and then desire to follow him because of of who he is in our lives. Glorifying him, pointing to him, uh, directing attention to him, inviting others to see and behold who God is. That's the idea of glorifying God. As we think about that glorifying, then I, I thought of a couple of ways that this verse speaks to some things that keep us from doing that. Whether we uh, sort of wake up each morning and maybe think, I'd like to glorify God today, or maybe that's a foreign concept or a new idea to you. The passage speaks to some things that kind of get in our way. The first one it addresses is this issue of fear. And how fear can really hold us back from a lot of things in life, right? But it can certainly hold us back in our relating to God. It's interesting that the very first words out of the mouth of the angel are fear not. Now, if if we know a little bit about angels in the Bible, we we know that they're not these fuzzy, uh, furry, little lovey-dovey stuffed animals. that, That in fact, angels are, because they represent God and all of his power, 
all of his grandeur, all of his holiness, they're actually intimidating beings to run into. They, they set people back. They cause people to recognize their weakness and need and sin and brokenness. So that's part of why the angel says, hey, fear not. But implied in that and with that comes this idea that as God enters into our lives, he can alleviate all of our fears, all of the things that we are frightened of, certainly beginning with the fear that we might have of the things that we know that go on in our hearts and in our minds and in our actions and come from our lips that we know don't please the Lord. That fear is alleviated or can be alleviated through Christ and knowing that we have a righteous one to stand in our place. Who's our substitute. That's a a savior for us, a rescuer for us. It can alleviate that fear for sure. But Jesus also ministers to us in other ways, comes in and allows us to be relieved of the fear of death. Why did he come in this human form? Why didn't he come in some other way or some plausible scenario? He comes in human form so that he can take you and me and be the firstborn among us. He can lead the way for you and I on into heaven. He points us to heaven and relieves us of the fear of death that we may have. Fear of failure, fear of loneliness, fear maybe of this Christmas season of just making ends meet. Maybe that's a struggle for us. Fear of relational issues in our marriage or with our kids. These things come into our hearts and lives. And what a blessing that part of the Christmas message is that God has come into the world to give us peace, to alleviate us of those fears and to bring us, give us a place where we can bring those fears and lay them at the feet of the Savior. So he rescues us from our fears And that allows us to be freed up to glorify him. But the passage also speaks to to the love that God shows us, not only the way that he relieves our fear, but the way that he he cares for us. And he enters intimately into our experience and and is concerned with you and with me. Verse 11 says for unto you. You know, it just kind of sounds like some of that old verbiage unto you. And it's not not the way we normally talk these days. But think about just that part. He's not just generically uh, tossing something out there. He's, he's saying it's to you. I'm concerned with you. I care about you. I'm coming into your world. That's why I'm here. That's why Christ is coming as this child to bring rescue to you. Goes on and says that he comes as a savior who is Christ the Lord. Three titles used for him there, all of which express that love. That God has for us. He's a savior. Right. He's a rescuer. He's going to lay down his life for us. That's the the uh, the story that we know. We're familiar with what Christ does ultimately on the cross goes on. And it says he's the Christ. He's the, the Messiah, the chosen one. So he's he's the expected one. People knew for centuries and generations before that one would come. And he's the fulfillment of that. He's anointed. He's special. That's the idea of him being the Christ, the Messiah. And then it says he's Lord. On the one hand, uh, we kind of, you know, bristle a little bit under the reality that there's this being that we report to. Right. They were responsible to and accountable to. It's, a, you know, doesn't always make us feel warm and fuzzy. But in fact, his lordship's an extension of his love for us. 
He cares enough for you and me to show us the way that we should go. So we don't have to wander, be lost in darkness. We can know how to live and how to know him. In a sense, all of this is a culmination of what John chapter 3, verse 16 says. One of the most familiar verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Stories told as we think about this theme of God's love of a of a mother who was uh, rushing in last minute to the school uh, production of the holiday presentation. And the different grades of kids were shuffling around. They all had their cute little Christmas outfits on and and the production was entitled Christmas Love. Well, this particular mom finally found her seat amidst all the parents jockeying to get the best picture position to take the best shot and see their child. And the production began the particular song that her child was in. And they stood up and they were going through the, the production and they had the folks in the front row, including her her child, who who held up letters with the title of the production. So uh, one child held up a, a C and they sung along with it. C is for Christmas. And another child held up an H. H is for happy. And on they went down the line. Uh, then this mother's child held up that letter as they moved on through. It was the M. But the child had it flipped upside down. All the Kids kind of started to snicker a little bit that somebody had gotten it wrong. And it was obvious you couldn't miss it in the midst of it up right there in the front row. But but they went on and finished the rest of the letters and the rest of their song. And all of the sudden, everybody got quiet and stopped snickering as they realized that the child's mistake with the M turned into a W had actually conveyed an even more meaningful message than the production because it now spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-W-A-S-L-O-V. Christ was love. Christ is love for you and me this evening as well. And the last thing that I want us to think about as we Uh, Consider the fact that Christ comes into the world to kind of free us from those things that we're fearful of. And he comes into the world to to really shower his love upon us who would would open our lives up to that and receive it is is our response. And, And really, our response is to enter into the story of what Jesus is doing into the world. I like the way uh, going back to the last battle and the Chronicles of Narnia, the way C.S. Lewis put it. And maybe you've heard this before. It uh, concludes talking about Aslan, this lion Christ figure. And C.S. Lewis writes this. And as Aslan spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and so beautiful that I cannot write them. 
And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read and which goes on forever and ever and in which every chapter is better than the one before. It's a beautiful picture of the reality that Jesus is coming into the world 2000 some years ago to bring rescue, to bring redemption is something that we're invited to enter into and that extends on from here. That as we receive that work of Christ and ask God to forgive us of our sins and acknowledge his lordship and desire to turn to him, then 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 we're entering into that. We're receiving a liberation from our fear. We're receiving his love, but we're also being drawn up into his story, a story that we believe because of his love, because of his grace continues for us on in to eternity. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this time tonight, Uh, not only to connect with you and with things that we know about your salvation and about Christmas and about what you do for us in coming into this world. But but Lord, for us to be reminded of the privilege, the opportunity, the invitation that each one of us has. To through faith, through turning and recognizing who you are to enter into this marvelous story of your kingdom and your working now, which can minister to us in so many ways, at the very least minister to us in our fear and minister to us in our need for love. But ultimately, Lord, also gives us this eternal life with you. That extends beyond even these good things that we enjoy uh, tonight, tomorrow morning, these good gifts that you give us, good time with friends, good time with family. Those things are just a taste of the chapters that will be written in the future. So, Lord, as we contemplate these things, help us to worship and praise you tonight and on into tomorrow. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Please stand one final time and sing with us, Silent Night, Holy Night. Right.
so thankful that you could be here with us tonight for this time of worship and I wish you a wonderful and merry Christmas and I invite you now to receive the Lord's blessing his benediction as we go from here may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever amen